Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. When an ancient trap is sprung on the Enterprise, it's up to Geordi to figure out how to escape. But can the holodeck version of the Enterprise's designer help him figure out while solving his lady troubles? From October 28th, 1989, it's Season 3, Episode 6, Booby Trap. Or, if you're having warp problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a glitch ain't one. <laughs> I, I hate me too, it's fine. Uh, I'm Cam, that's Dan, and together we're a beautiful pair of boobies. <laughs> Booby Trap was just a little too obvious a title for an episode that dealt so heavily with Jordy's ineptitudes with the Ugh. fairer sex. I don't, I was like, mm, I don't like this. I don't like this, this at all. No, this is the first, this is the start of they done Jordy dirty and I <gasps> don't like it no. at all. I mean, it's an interesting enough premise, but they just... They end up taking it way too far. You'll see. It just, it makes me sad. Mm. Well, that's no good. Mm -mm. It's no good at all. And I mean, I think they started because it was like, oh, it's, you know, because Scotty didn't have no women troubles. No. <laughs> Scotty didn't have no a... nobody troubles. He ended up with a horror. Scotty cleaned up. He did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know. I'm sure he took I'm sure he took the other engineers for a spin too. All of them. Every single one. Consensually, Cameron, of course. As much as you and I would like to believe it, I don't think everyone is pansexual. God damn it. <laughs> I know. I know. It's the way of the future, Dan. <laughs> Listen, I'm raising my boys. Tomar. <laughs> and yep. Rojan? Rojan. That's the other one. Haven't done this bit in a while. <laughs> to be sexually attracted to and active with all species, genders, ethnicities, and political affiliations. That last one's hard because you get some of these hardline communists and they only want to have orgies. Just got to <laughs> spread it all around. It's like sometimes you just want three, maybe four. Doesn't have to be 18. <laughs> Good use of the bet. Glad we could bring up some old stuff. So guys. tell me, Dan. Uh, yes, Cameron. <laughs> what did you love about this hot mess express? <laughs> I loved when you read the thing. Oh, got distracted. <laughs> you'll you'll hear what distracted him at the end. I'm off a clip. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> On Stardate 43205.6, the Enterprise investigates the asteroid-laden sector of space, where the final battle between the Menthars and the Promelians took place. While investigating, it receives a distress call from a Promelian battlecruiser. Captain Picard directs the ship to investigate. They find the ancient 
battle cruiser adrift but intact. And Picard, anxious to see the ship himself, joins in the away team as they transport over. And he basically skips around like a little boy. He's so happy. They find the crew long dead, but still at their posts. While a recording by their captain suggests the ship was caught in a menthar trap. With their investigation complete, the away team returns to the Enterprise to continue on, when they begin to suffer a series of power losses that prevent the use of either the impulse or the warp drive, and are bombarded by radiation that threatens to drain their shields and kill them. Picard orders LaForge, <laughs> needlessly, but he does, to find a way to restore power. <laughs> Management! While the second away team searches for more clues on the Primelian vessel, they discover that the Menthars had previously used aceton assimilators to absorb an enemy's ship's energy and redirect it back as hazardous radiation, and that the Enterprise is stuck in the same trap. Booby trap. LaForge realizes that the only way to restore power is to reconfigure the warp drive, and traces the warp drive's design back to the Enterprise's construction and blueprints, created by Dr. Leah Brahms. LaForge enters the ship's holodeck to help for the f help figure through the engine reconfiguration, whereupon the computer takes an off-the-cuff remark by Geordi literally and creates a holographic representation of Brahms herself to assist in the work. As Geordi does so, he asks the computer to update the hologram with Brahms' personality profile and slowly and creepily gains romantic feelings for her. Despite the hollow Brahms' help, LaForge is unable to find a safe way to maneuver the Enterprise away, and when Prakar orders all extraneous power systems, including the holodeck, shut down to conserve power, LaForge convinces the captain to allow the holodeck to continue to run. After power is restored, the simulated Dr. Brahms recognizes the solution, which is to allow the computer to take control of the ship, and that would make rapid, adjustment, rapid adjustments and compensation possible for the trap. LaForge then finds an alternate solution to the problem, which is co to completely reduce the power output from the Enterprise and maneuver it out of the field by manual control, with only two thrusts. Two thrusters! Picard and LaForge decide that the computer cannot account for human intuition and elect to go with a manual approach. Picard takes the helm himself to skillfully carry out the operation, and he successfully does so. Once free and with power restored, the Enterprise destroys the Pamelian craft to prevent others from falling into this trap. And so ends the booby trap. Cameron. Yes, Dan. What did you love about this episode? I loved the premise. I loved getting to see Picard be his nerdy-ass self. And I also love the <laughs> ship-in-the-bottle scene because one of my favorite bloopers ever takes place with that exact filming. Um, but I, I actually even loved Susan Gibney's performance as Leah Brahms. I thought she was lovely, um, especially before the personality engrams were encoded and she was just standing there deadpan it was it was pretty great <laughs> being all awkward and computery <laughs> slack jawed yep <laughs> um, uh -huh. and i also love the design of the ship the Permelian battlecruiser i thought oh, it was gorgeous. fantastic but yeah loved all kind of things what did you love about it dan I appreciated the oh, radiation. Appreciated. I I appreciated the the radiation ticking clock. I loved that there could be a thousand year old trap still waiting out in space. 
I love that Picard actually took the helm. That was great to see. I He's know. always making other people drive, but he was like, stand back. I got this shit, you know? Like, nobody handles my baby like me. I enjoyed Jordy's interactions on the holodeck. It was just fun to see him bantering with somebody else who was on his level and not like Wesley, but like somebody <laughs> who's actually like, you know, in the game. Yeah. And who and, could be considered his superior, honestly. Yeah. I mean, this woman's a badass. She designed the warp core of the Enterprise D and all galaxy class starships. But I also appreciated their exchange about how, you know, he was like a ship's engineer should be there from the beginning when it's designed. And she said, and, you know, designers, we never get to go out in space and see these things in, in action. And I was like, and there, my friends, is the problem with bureaucracy. We have the same issues at my job where we have things that are designed beautifully and don't work for us at all. We have the most gorgeous tall boy cocktail tables with granite tops. Oh, Jesus Christ. They are a beautiful, deadly hazard. They're very stable, but they are heavy as sin. You need a you shouldn't need a dolly to move a cocktail table. But And I mean, if it fell, it could kill someone. Oh, 100% it could kill someone. Yeah. Yeah, it would fucking it would fucking destroy you. Yeah, it would literally decapitate you. Mhm. Yeah, it's the same in the construction world. I you know, my <laughs> when I was working for my father, his mortal enemy were all the architects because, you know, most of them had designed things beautifully, but had never actually had any practical experience. So you would have to cut sometimes two inches off of a piece of plywood to finish a floor because heaven forbid you design practically. Anyway, it's a lesson I carry with me to this day. Yes. So this was a good, this was a good design exercise. It was a good, uh, it was fun to see Picard giddy over the ship. I know. It was so good. I like seeing him excited. I'm like, oh, you were that weird kid who was way too into like World War II history stuff, weren't you? Aw. And also, we get to find out that Guinan's attracted to bald men. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, the brief fleeting appearance of Guinan, which, you know, Whoopi was just like, I've got a day. Figure it out. And uh, they wrote (laughs) a scene. They were like, absolutely. Absolutely, Whoopi. We will. Right right away, Miss Goldberg. We got you. Right away. Um, we got you. No, I, I love anytime she's around. Every time she's she's amazing. She gives the best advice, and if she's not, she you know, in a cat claws stare down with Q, I'm glad that which is my favorite version of Guinan. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that she can be dispensing wisdom, like like all bartenders do. It's true. Mm-hmm. I still call you and pretend like you've made me a drink and tell you my problems. And I sit there and polish a glass and go, yep, yep. Sorry, I got to go give these alcoholics some more. I'll be right back. (laughs) And I say, it's fine. It's a fun role play we do. Mm -hmm. The only fun (laughs) role play we do. The rest of our role plays are terrifying. It's true. (sighs) So, yeah, it it was a fun setup. It was well executed. I it didn't have 
I guess, the emotional resonance of the previous episode, but it also didn't feel like a slog or a drag. It, it, it moved at a decent clip. They escalated appropriately. They made it difficult, and they had to get creative. And we all went away having learned something. <laughs> Did we? Mm-hmm. Even if it was Jordy's kind of creepy when it comes to dating. So, so creepy. But it wasn't all bald fetishes, was it, Cameron? No, no, it was not. What did you hate about this episode? I I love Susan Gibney's performance, but I honestly wish they would have given her more because she is brilliant. And she's had a shitty time with Star Trek. Let me give you a little history about her. She auditioned for both the roles of Counselor Troy and Tasha Yar and was in the fr- in, in the finalists but wasn't cast. Then she was one of the front runners for Catherine Janeway and didn't get that. And she was one of the front runners for the Borg Queen and didn't get that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. So God bless her for keeping on, keeping on. But she's brilliant in this. I, she I loved been a great every Janeway second. Seeing her I here. I mean, Kate McGowan's unreplaceable, but... Kate- I'm sorry, who? Kate, isn't that her name? Kate McGowan? No, Kate Mulgrew. Mulgrew. What did I say? Kate McGowan. That ain't, that ain't right. Which is like Rose McGowan, but not. Oh, it's their, it's their Super Saiyan combination. <laughs> Good to know. Fingers. Yep. <laughs> Boop. I always wish they would have booped the Super Saiyans. Anyway, um, yeah, she is... She's remarkable in this episode, and she's remarkable when she comes back. And same I character, just, mm-hmm, but the real one, complicated and uh-huh. creepy. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved all kinds of things in this episode in regard to its premise, but I hated. I hated how they introduced Jordy's love life because they just, it just damages his character so much. It's not, it's not like he's bumbly. It's like, he's just a little creepy and just can't, can't read a room. He's the quotey fingers. Nice guy where he's like, I'm super nice, but then it's an actual asshole. And I just, mm. yeah, he's in, he feels entitled and it just it creeps me out and it makes me sad because I love Jordy and I still a, love Jordy and I just they, they portray I, him like a budding incel. Yeah. I mean basically. And I I honestly choose to ignore these episodes because they make me sad. Yeah. It's kind of rough. Um It's really rough. Also, I mean Lovey at Guinan, good advice, but like He's having problems in this department. Number one, Wesley should not be noticing. Hey, looks like Jordy's not getting laid. <laughs> um, that was wildly inappropriate. Number two, why is he not talking to Riker? If you're having if you're having problems seducing anyone, you go to the source. It's like I'm sure. Like no offense to Guinan, like absolutely none whatsoever. But. If you're seeking enlightenment and the Dalai Lama is literally right there, maybe go talk to the Dalai Lama. You know, yep. 
every other every other aspect of life, Guinan has the answers for you. A hundred percent. But if you'll recall, Riker seduced Guinan. Like Riker is the god of seduction in this world. He is. Oh, and I'm it was sure so he'll good. he'll get them out of a, a situation with Q by seducing Q at some point. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> the problem is, is if if Jordy would have gone and talked to him, they would have ended up in bed before it even started. And <laughs> and then Riker would go, just do that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best cutaway bit ever. Right. Commander, I'm Jordy having some love problems. Just do Jordy's that. <laughs> clutching, clutching the sheets up to cover himself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just do that. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> His powers are vast. <laughs> and infinite. <laughs> he was Q for a while. Maybe they left that say, part. And this is but a tiny taste. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I really hated that part. What did you hate, Dan? I can't wait to hear. I hated that we had to waste our goddamn time with okay i thought it was beautiful that they managed to write the a plot and the b plot converging but in a life and death situation i really 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 don't want to see somebody hanging out on the holodeck trying to seduce a program like i just it de-escalated things it felt like a waste of time and such a weird it's all about Jordy's love life like the bad shit in this is primarily that and yeah i mean making the holodeck into the lab where the enterprise was developed and and all that that was great that was really great it was the fact that (laughs) the fact that he says i know the enterprise inside and out and she earnestly responds then you must know me inside out there's a lot of me in this ship i was like why (laughs) (laughs) why are we doing this to jordy why are we making him come across like a loser who can only talk to computers like and who's so just (sighs) makes me so sad i know like He's fucking Jordy LaForge. He can he can see atoms and shit. Like he should I don't know. I mean it's it's it'd be one thing if they just made him awkward or really I nervous. Mean, like yeah. understandable reactions instead of just like I don't know, an entitled aw shucks nice guy thing, which just feels really off putting. So and creepy. Weird. Yeah. It, ugh. It's one of the biggest mistakes that they made in Star Trek The Next Generation is what they did and what they started in this episode right here. Was this the first domino? Yep. Is this up there with making Troy dumb? Yep. Oh, no. But what characters are going to get better, Cameron? Actually, Troy gets better as soon as her cleavage goes away. Ah, huh, that's weird. Which is <laughs> Marina Sirtis's joke, not mine. But... She's been great these last couple episodes. She's actually it's been true. useful. And... But like, just wait. Just wait until they put her in an actual uniform, Dan. It'll all of a sudden be like, what? 
Oh, God. I'm not kidding. Well, we'll see what happens. I saw somebody tweet the other day that they had just rewatched First Contact and put it up there with like Jaws and the first Indiana Jones movie as just like a perfect, unblemished, beautiful film. It's it's my favorite. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. It's got Borg in it. Not just that. It's got it's got Zephram Cochram. Zephram Cochring. How have I not called him Zephram Cochring, Cameron? I don't oh, know, Dan. My God. <laughs> You're don't slacking. let me forget. Don't let me forget when we get to the movies. <laughs> Zephram Cochring. <laughs> All right. Well, and there's also a brilliant and beautiful guest spot. By one of our greatest actresses. So. Actresses. Actresses. I'm sorry. Actors. God damn it. Actors. Actors. She is still amazing. But we don't use the term actress anymore. Oh. Oh, we don't? Am I going to get canceled? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I just said it, so I'm probably going to get canceled. Well, we could beat the dead horse of Jordy's love life to death, or we could quote this motherfucker. Yes, quote it. Captain Picard is talking about the Pirellium battlecruiser. It is exactly as they left it, number one, in the bottle. They all look around at him like, what the fuck? The ship in the bottle. Oh, good lord. Didn't anybody here build ships in bottles when they were boys? <laughs> That's my favorite. I do not play with toys. I was never ah. a boy. <laughs> oh, I did, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. O'Brien. <laughs> I did. I really did. Ships in bottles was great fun. <laughs> this guy. Right, go ahead, Jordy. Sorry. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, as a woman, what's the first thing you look at? His head. His mind, of course. No. His head. I'm attracted to bald men. Seriously? Seriously. Why? Maybe because a bald man was kind to me once. When I was hurting. Took care of me. Arguably alludes to the events in Time's Arrow. Shh. Wait, Time's Arrow? Wasn't that an original series episode? No. When's it that? Is an ex- it is a Next Generation episode. You'll see. Is it a flashback? What season? No. Just tell me what season. No. Just tell me what but season. It is, it is time travel. Well, I would hope so with a name like Time Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. I just don't get it, Guinan. I can field strip a fusion reactor. I can realign a power transfer tunnel. Why can't I make anything work with a woman like Christy? It's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. You're doing fine with me. You're different. No, you're different. But I'm not trying now. That's 
my point. Oh. <laughs> Don't put on airs. Uh-oh. I beg your pardon, Wesley? Jordy had that big date with Christy tonight. He spent days putting together the perfect program. Looks like it ended kind of early. Uh-oh. <laughs> I actually did enjoy that little date. Mostly data going, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Ugh. Great. Another woman who won't get personal with me on the holodeck. Oh, Jordy. God damn it. Just so fucking gross. <sighs> okay, you're up. You know, number one, you missed something not playing with model ships. They were the source of imaginary voyages, each holding a treasure of adventures. Manning the earliest spacecrafts, flying an aeroplane with only one propeller to keep you in the sky. Can you imagine that? Now the machines are flying us. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> I'm not used to having people question my judgment. And I'm not used to dying. If we resist, we die. If we don't resist, we die. <laughs> the most Shatnery Riker ever. <laughs> if we resist, we die. If we don't resist, we die. Help me. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, God. <laughs> Captain Slug. I seem to have Thriller. found the components to make a diamond gun. Which <laughs> <laughs> is also the name of my favorite David Bowie album, Diamond I'm, Gun. <laughs> I'm going to shoot it at the Gorn, who's over there on this cliff that I've seen eight times before. <laughs> Fucking hate arena. Such a shit episode. <laughs> It's iconic, Daniel, especially with the blinking eyelids now. No fucking sense. <laughs> uh, Captain returning from the Pirellian battle cruiser. Thrilling! That was absolutely thrilling. That was... And I was right, number one. There were ghosts aboard that old ship. One of them actually spoke to us. A friendly one, I hope? My own counterpart. The captain's final message? Praising his crew. I hope you'll be as thoughtful when the time comes. Computers have always impressed me with their ability to take orders. I'm not nearly as convinced of their ability to creatively give them. Mm -hmm. mm, makes you think. Have you analyzed the risk factor? The numbers say it's even money. It's no better than turning it over to the computer, but no worse either. But I would say <laughs> I would forget the numbers. <laughs> Trying your shoulders technique. There's no way the computer can compensate for human factor. The the intuition. The experience. And the wish to stay alive. Don't go away. I... Don't go away. I mean, computer, save program. <laughs> Got a little Wesley there on the first try. <laughs> Don't go away. <laughs> Please. Not like the Commander. <laughs> Mr. LaForge, we need warp power now. Matter antimatter Richter ratio set. Oh God, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. You're becoming aware, <laughs> Wesley. There's a sweater growing out of you. It's the super oh, moon. Oh, oh no! Oh, listen to me. 
not gone to Starfleet Academy yet. I failed three times. Oh. That sweater just grew right out of his skin. <laughs> it still has nipples on it. Uh. Which is impressive because it's like two inches thick. Stay back. If we don't attack it, it'll just run to its mother. <laughs> oh, mommy. <laughs> All right, we'll say that again. Mr. LaForge, we need warp power now. <laughs> Matter-antimatter mixture ratio settings at optimum balance. Reaction sequence corresponding to specified norms. Magnetic plasma transfer to the warp field generators per program specs. Commander, we should be going like a bat out of hell. Be gone when the morning comes, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always thought the technology could solve almost any problem. It enhances the quality of our lives, lets us travel across the galaxy, even gave me my vision. But sometimes, you just have to turn it all off. Even the via- I'm- Aww. It's the line. (sighs) My apologies to the Romani people. Even the gypsy violins. Violins? Different program. Is it possible we've fallen into some snare? We've fallen into the same snare that killed them. A thousand-year-old booby trap? Leah, do you like Italian food? Like it. Wait till I make you my fungali. God, she's so flirty. And it's so weird. It's just, ugh, the whole thing. I'm with you every day, Jordy. Every time you look at this engine... You'll be looking at me. Every time you touch it, it's me. God damn it. <laughs> it just can't. So fucking creepy. This whole... Ugh. Cameron. <sighs> yes, Dan. How many problematic chief engineers would you give this episode? <laughs> I would give it two problematic chief engineers. One yeah, for Jordy right. and one for Scotty. <laughs> yeah, they told him he had a problem, but it wasn't a problem. He was fine. <laughs> the engineer's better after he's had a few. I would give it two as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, goodbye, innocent Jordy that we loved. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. We're on here. <laughs> My Elton John impression. You like it? I <laughs> heard it. <sighs> well, Dan, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it, so that just leaves one last thing for us to do. And it's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. And for Dan to say, keep on trekking. No, no. Scotty's absolutely pansexual. It's fine. Check we never got to see, We never got to see him in a kilt, did we? Yes, we did. In the original series? Yeah. When? And in the movies. Well, in the movies, yes.
I just can't remember it in the original series. I can't picture it. Yeah, no. He looks good. I'll take your word for it. I wouldn't have kicked him out of bed. Well, to be fair, the entire original series crew sans Chekhov was very attractive. <laughs> hey, Chekhov was attractive too. He looked like a doll that had been brought to life, Cameron. <laughs> and? Not in a good way. <laughs> not like a not like a sexy G.I. Joe kind of way, but like a the boy kind of way. In a Pinocchio kind of way. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a very poorly carved Pinocchio. Like after Geppetto started to get, you know, shaky hands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't believe you still have such a big problem with Walter Koenig after all this time. I don't time. have a problem with him. I just, I just don't see the point. I know. He's a plot device. He's a pretty plot device, though. I disagree. I think he's an ugly plot device. So you think, so, I mean, after you and Maya shamed me endlessly for thinking McCoy was attractive, you are now saying, would you rate Chekhov higher or lower than McCoy? Well, see, McCoy, McCoy is a craggy old, like, McCoy at least has some personality going for it. McCoy's ugly, like, no way around it. No ifs, ands, or buts. An ugly man. He looks like he Disagree. should be a rancher or a farmhand. He's been baked in the sun. And? <laughs> it looks like a blue sweater with a raisin sticking out of it. That's his head. <laughs> DeForest Kelly is a man who could get laid in any situation because he's DeForest Kelly. <laughs> Not because he looks like that. <laughs> I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> There's the end credit bit. <laughs> I was thinking we should actually put out a special <laughs> that's called Rated X, and it's all the shit that we've cut that was too deracy. Oh, you think slash... I've saved all of that? God, yeah, no. I have. It's I mean, all it's, in my files. It, it exists somewhere, but I haven't like saved them as individual bits. The amount of man hours it would take to find that would be... I, oh, the I dumps, save the dumpster fire special. Oh, so you just have like a little black box folder that you can use to ruin me. Captain's <laughs> log. <laughs> Seem to have. Captain's <laughs> log. Discovered it. Make it a diamond gun. <laughs> I seem to have discovered a giant fucking piece of bamboo. <laughs> fucking huge. Like, they don't and make it old. like this. Doesn't seem right. I feel old bones. <laughs> there, yeah, putting me out to pasture. Bones. How is it they're not putting you out to pasture? You're like 20 years older than me. Well, Jim, you suck the right cocks. <laughs> you can stay in this thing forever. <laughs> I mean, Amen. A Secret Weapon Production.